But let's pray. Father God, tonight we give you glory. We thank you for who you are. Lord, that you are a God who sees all things, knows all things, has everything in your hand. God, and we just want to say, Lord, we are amazed by you. And we want to trust you with our whole lives. And we want to wait on you in your presence and knowing that you have an appointed time of our salvation. You have an appointed time of our death. You have an appointed time of our, our rapture. You have an appointed time that we will rule and reign with you. And God, we just trust your appointments. We trust you and what you are going to do in our lives. And we give you that just freedom, Lord, to just uh, do with us what you will. Because, God, we know you've got everything handled in your time. And everybody said... Amen. 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 Tonight, I want to talk to you about the fullness of time. Okay, the fullness of time. We uh, started off this morning with a a talk on uh, Saul and how Saul failed to wait uh, for the appointed time that God would show up before he would get the victory. He failed to wait. Uh, We talked about waiting on the Lord. And I want to expound on that appointed time. God just kind of all we can put that phrase in my mind and my heart, and uh, I wanted to dig into it a little bit. So I'm just going to give you, uh, this study is not complete. There's a lot I'd want to get into this, but we're going to talk about the fullness of time. Uh, what is time? What is time? If you ask Albert Einstein, uh, you know, he did the whole E equals MC square that time is relative. It's relative. Actually, just recently, we have one of the uh, antennas here in Louisiana, they proved the theory that time slows down uh, in a black hole, that the closer you get to the space and time separates and time actually slows down. So we know that time is relative. Let me just kind of go it this way. Solomon says there's an appointed time for everything. There's a time for everything under heaven. Uh, And God allows us to have time. It's measured by day, night, month, year. We kind of measure it out with spring, summer, fall. Uh, And time can sometimes feel like a long time. Sometimes it can feel like a short time. If you're at work all day and it's hot outside, it's going to be a long time, right? Uh, or if you're at your favorite pastime and you're doing something real fun, it's going to feel like a short time, right? And, and time is kind of relative like that. And you can talk about time a lot of different ways. See if you know some of these phrases. Uh, just give it time. Amen. Think about how when you say that. Just give it time. What does that mean? You can't create time, but I can tell you, Brother Ron, just give it some time. It'll happen, right? He doesn't really give time anything, but... What do, we say? what do we mean by it when we say that? He says, or we say, over time, you'll get better. Amen. Or we can say, don't waste so much time. Yes. Or we can say, uh, uh, I can do two things at a time. Amen. See all the ways we use that word? Or from time to time, we tend to go here. Or some, from time to time, I visit my grandma. Or you can say, back in those times, look at all the ways you can use the word time. Yes. Or you can say, it took me three times to get it right. Amen. Right? So look at all the ways we talk about time, and and I want to dig into this a little bit from Scripture, because Scripture says that God is the author of time. He himself is timeless. He's from everlasting to everlasting, Psalms 90 says, and we can understand time in some sense, but Scripture says that as a believer, God has put into us a mystery of eternity. We can kind of We can't really grasp eternity, but there's some sense of it that we kind of like, okay, I kind of get that there may be a place beyond this time that God is eternal. And how do I even wrap my my mind around a place where time just keeps going and going and going forever and forever and ever? Uh, But that's the place 
And beyond that, that's where God is. He's beyond time. And there is this realm beyond time. But where we live, time is this process. It's this linear movement from, you know, 2018 to 2019 to 2020, 2021. And we kind of see this as this process. It just flows, right? But there's also moments in time, and no doubt in your life, you've been uh, alive for 30, 40, 50, 60, 70, maybe 80 years, and your life has been this, this movement from beginning to end. But there's probably moments in your life you can really remember the day your kids were born, or you can remember the day you got married. There's moments in time. Are you with me so far? There's the process of your whole life, but there's definite moments that stand out in time, right? And uh, we're going to talk more about that tonight, about the moments. And let me talk to you about in due time. Okay, so think in that way. Now, uh, Adley, my, my youngest, just turned a year. And uh, a year ago in May, we, we knew that Beth was going to have a baby in due time. Okay, that the doctors tell us nine months or so down the road, you're probably going to have a baby around this date. They don't really know, but they know there's a date coming. And the closer we got, the markers began. Beth got bigger in her belly, and we did the sonograms, and and we kind of knew, okay, it's going to be around May, whatever. Well, here we are, knowing the process of the time it takes to have a baby. Uh, There's the process. And I knew an appointed time was coming to have that baby. And we knew, too, and we were pressured to, to do that. And so we know we live an hour away from the hospital, so Lord knows. We went and got a hotel room the night before because I'm not delivering a baby on the side of the road, okay? And so we went, but the hospital said, hey, you got to wait till you're so many far, you know, so, uh, so many inches, or sorry, time apart, five minutes apart. That's what they want to know. Uh, and then you come in. Well, our story is we get in the hospital, and it's go time. <laughs> it was like the baby was coming and we barely made it, and man, it was just like the nurses weren't ready, and all kinds of chaos. And I'm, you know, the nervous dad on the sidelines, you know, sweating it out. But uh, you know, it's harder for us dads, not really. I didn't say that, but uh, uh, you know. So here I am. We we have this process of time. We know there is an appointed time for that baby to come, but we still almost missed it. That's exactly how many people are today. There is a process that Jesus Christ has set in forth. That he says, I'm coming back in due time, right? But so many people, knowing even the process is coming, just like that pregnancy, I knew there was a day coming we were going to have a baby, but I still almost missed the appointed time. We're going to talk about the appointed time tonight. Okay, um, time has a beginning, it has a process, it has an end, but there are moments in time when God shows up mightily to advance His redemptive purpose in the world. So it's a moment, there are moments in time when God shows up to advance His purpose in the world, and we're going to call these appointed times. So I'm gonna, let me kind of break this out. The first thing I want to talk to you about tonight is gauging the time. And uh, in, in, let's just do a little background, a little study, and if I lose you here, don't worry about it. You'll catch up. Um, but in Scripture, there's, real, there's no just one word for time like we have in the English. You just heard me say all these different phrases. And, uh, you know, English is one of the hardest languages to learn. And sometimes I'm, I'm, we're teaching our daughter different words and how to spell now, and, you know, like there versus there. And yeah. it's just really complicated for a little one to kind of figure that out. And it's like, well, the E is an E here, but on the other words, it's not an E, it's, it's, it's an A. And, and, okay, you know, at times like that, the word in English is always different in Hebrew and Greek. 
But in the Old Testament, we have words that mean moments. We have words that mean a time and eternity. We have words that mean past, present, future. We have words that mean the instant something occurs, all right? There's that kind of word. There's words for immeasurable time, a time beyond our human understanding. There's words uh, that mean a fixed time or a pointed time for an event, like when God said, hey, every spring I want you to do the Passover, or like we have Christmas in our culture uh, on December. There's an appointed time, December 25th. That's the appointed time every year we're going to celebrate Christmas, all right? So there's the word for that. And then in the New Testament, you have a word uh, that is chronos, which we get from chronology. So what do you think that means? It means the quantity of time, the one, two, three, four, five, six, seven. It's a consecutive time, years. We, we have the quantity of it. It's either a lot of time or a little time. That's chronos. Uh, but we have a uh, kairos time, which we're talking about tonight. All right, this is a Greek word, a kairos time, and it is the quality of time. And what it really means is time over a process that shows up at the opportune moment. Here's the best way I can explain it, because this is where the root word comes from, uh, a kairos time. Uh, It is like a bow and arrow, okay? Think of it this way. If I have a bow and arrow, I'm pulling back the strings, and that is the process. But when the fullness of that string comes to pass, I let it go. And that is the moment. That is that kairos moment of time, okay? So there's the process and a moment of release. And that is really what we're talking about tonight. So in all of this, God sees that he's this greater, he's this master of time, and we can get wrapped up in all this stuff, but the idea is that God is seeing time from the perspective of eternity. And sometimes we have trouble discerning where we are in the process. Maybe here tonight, you're going through something that you need God to deliver you from or into. And you don't know where you are in the process when you're waiting for God to show up and break loose and do something. And, and I'm going to tell you, that we're going to go through some examples of Scripture where God is, puts us through a process of time that He can show up at the appointed time. Okay, I don't all, we don't always know, you know, uh, uh, that hunter knows what poundage his string is. And if I've never shot his, his bow and arrow before, I'm probably going to hurt myself, one, because I don't, I don't shoot bows and arrows very much. But, but he knows how far to pull back, how strong that is. And he knows when he's ready to shoot that deer, he's going to release it at the appointed time, yeah. the right moment where it's going to be the maximum opportunity yeah. for him to kill that deer. And God is the only one who knows what that appointed time is. And sometimes in our life, we're just waiting for God to show up. And that's what we're talking about tonight. All right, so time is always against us. We don't know uh, when our death is going to be. We know that there are evil times and times of trouble in this world. We know the Bible says our life's like a vapor. We can't see back to ancient times. We can't look forward into future times. But we know we're right here today. And sometimes there's things going on in our life that aren't always good. But here's what James says in chapter 4. He says, today or tomorrow, uh, we often say we'll go to such and such city, we'll spend a year there, we'll do some business, make a profit. And he says, but you don't know what your life will be like tomorrow. You're just a vapor that appears for a little while and then vanishes away. Indeed, you ought to say, if the Lord wills, we will live and go do this or that. So here is this. 
in order to help you and I gauge the time God has appointed certain times, okay? So let me talk to you about the appointed time. So now you get it. It's like this bow and arrow thing where there's the chronology time, which is year one, year two, year three, year four. Maybe it's a long time. It's five hours or it's short time. That's two hours. That's the chronos. But the kairos time is this process with a maximum moment of opportunity. And let me, let me kind of just take you through Scripture. All right? God has appointed many things in Scripture. If you really dig into this, there's a lot of things we, can, we just don't have time tonight. But if you look back in Scripture, God appointed festivals throughout, throughout uh, Israel's life. Uh, he appoints men once to die and then the judgment. But he also has appointed specific things in time to happen. Since the beginning of man, God has appointed things in this process in time. So, for instance, you can say Noah, the Bible says, Noah was a righteous man in his time. Now, what is that? That's the process of Noah's life. In his day that he lived, Noah was a righteous man. But guess what? There was an appointed time that God was going to send a flood. And there was an appointed time that God told Noah, I'm going to shut that ark. And there was an appointed time God was going to release Noah out of that ark. But Noah had to be righteous in his time to be ready for the moment that God released the flood. Do you understand tonight? There is a process of time. There is a moment. So in Noah's life, he says, you got to be right. I'm looking for a righteous man who's righteous in his time. And then when I can see that righteous man, I'm going to show up at the opportune moment and rescue him and his family from this thing that's coming. Because God had already appointed. The Bible says that God had appointed that flood even before he made the earth. That he knew that was coming. But he was looking for a man who was ready for that appointment. Okay, are you with me? All right, so I think there are things in your life that God wants to do. And he's appointed things to happen. He knows if your family's going to go through a car accident. He knows if you're going to have a death. He knows if you're going to go through a bad job loss. He knows if you're going to need a healing. He knows all these things. But he's looking for someone who's going to wait on him through the process and be ready to receive all that he has in the moment. Sometimes we're always looking just for the moments. But there's a whole process that leads to that release like on that bow and arrow. Are you with me? There's a process that's going to lead to sometimes your deliverance, sometimes your victory, sometimes that, that moment that God is really wanting to show up, and sometimes people just chase moments. Yeah, yeah. But just like you had a marriage and your kids getting born, and then you had a new job, a new family, there was time between those things. Yeah, we like to jump and go to those moments, but really there's that process that got you to that place. Okay, So Noah had that. Go even further. Abraham. God tells Abraham, I'm going to give you a promise. I'm going to make you a a man of many nations, okay? Well, guess what happens? 25 years goes by. He ain't got no promise fulfilled yet. God was in the waiting. He was pulling Abraham. He was building his faith. He was strengthening him, getting ready for when the moment, boom, he releases and he gives him Isaac. But what did Abraham do? We know the, the story that him and he kind of get a little antsy, him and Sarah. They got a little antsy and kind of tried to jump the gun on God a little bit. They didn't wait until the opportune time that God had appointed. Okay, you with me? All right. So Abraham had to wait 25 years for the appointment that God had set. Go back to Israel. 
Israel was 400 years in Egypt, not knowing when God's deliverance were going to come. But the Bible says in Exodus that God had set an appointment where each of the ten plagues would show up. He already knew. He had already said it. Before they ever went into Egypt, God had set the day of their deliverance. And it would be the day that we have as, the Jews have as Passover now. Think about that. All of that was in His... God is so marvelous that, that He had already said, before they ever went into Egypt, He had already set the date He would deliver them. Don't you know that God has already set things in motion in your life before you ever knew there was a problem? He's already got things planned out in your life. And so there's that. Okay, so here's this appointed time. In the same way, he guides them out. The Bible says also that God had an appointment for John the Baptist to be born. And yes, he had an appointment for the most spectacular person in the whole world. He had a moment when Jesus Christ would come. The best moment of our time. Look with me in Galatians chapter 4, verse 4. This is the text for the whole night. Galatians chapter 4, verse 4. It says, But when the fullness of time had come, God sent forth His Son, born of a woman, under the law, to redeem those who were under the law, so that we might receive adoptions as sons. It was at the proper time, Paul says in Timothy, it was the proper time that God manifested His Son. It was when the fullness of that kairos moment that fullness of the moment God had ordained from the foundation of the world that Jesus Christ would be born at 1 B.C. He knew that was the most opportune time for salvation. Do you know that if Jesus had been born earlier than that, it wouldn't have been the story that it is? That at that moment, Rome had received its place uh, in the world, that Roman roads had touched every place, that Greek became the one world language, that Greek, uh, that Greek language allowed the Bible to be transmitted and spread at the rapid rate that it was, that uh, all kinds of religions had been started and the governments were crumbling and there was revolt and unrest and Judaism had come to this breaking point and God had put all those pieces together to say this is the most opportune time for my son to come. But here's the catch. Not very many people knew it. Amen. Not many people had discerned the times that they live. You and I live just the same way in a, in a specific time in salvation history. We don't know exactly where that breaking point is. But there is something to be said about the time and day that you live in, that I live in. But in this moment... From the fall of Adam to the moment Jesus showed up, God said, this is the climax for the purpose that I have to redeem man. And so this, John, uh, uh, Paul says in Galatians 4, when the fullness of time had come, when the kairos moment had come, boom, God showed up and sent His Son. He knew when you and I needed salvation. He knew exactly when. Look, in Ephesians chapter 1, verse 9, it says this way, that He made known to us the mystery of His will, according to His purpose, which He set forth in Christ, as a plan for the fullness of time to unite all things in Him, in heaven and on earth. Do you understand? I, just, I want you to get the concept of eternity that God is seeing. You and time is finite for us. And what, when, when writing these verses, what Paul is trying to convey to us today 
is the excitement for which the day you live. That he's saying that time as a whole is almost completed. That in a sense, the arrow is flying through the air and and it's about to be all over. That the fullness of time, of the redemptive story, has come to pass that God's plan for all of this, when Jesus come, was being fulfilled. I mean, we can't see eternity. We can't fathom that men have been here for 10,000 some odd years. And we don't kind of get the gravity sometimes of the day in which we live. But right here, Paul is saying, the fullness of time has already come. Amen. That, that should kind of really put some chill bumps on us and get us excited that he's saying that this big plan, this big story that we hear about, about God creating the world and the heavens and the earth, he's saying it's about over. It's, it's coming to completion that time, the fullness of it, has come to pass in Jesus Christ. And so he's got this appointed date, just like Abraham's promise, that Abraham had a promise, he had to wait for it. Now God had promised Christ from Adam. And now it had been fulfilled. And, and so Jesus has an appointed birth date. He even had an appointed start date for his ministry. You remember the story where uh, Jesus and his mom and some disciples go to Cana in Galilee. Uh, and and his, Mary says, hey, uh, he's going to do something crazy. You know, watch this. And he, he turns to his mom. He says, mom, but my, my, my time hasn't come. Yeah. Right? He, he had an appointment yeah. that God had said, Jesus, I want you to start your ministry on this date. Don't you know that the believer's life is ordered of the Lord? That Jesus had a, a, a birth date, he had a ministry date, he had a date to die. Even uh, w- when you follow Jesus in the scriptures uh, through the disciples, he's always looking forward to Jerusalem. And you sense an urgency. The closer he gets to Jerusalem later on in the Gospels, he's like, we've we got to hurry up, we've got to get to that place. I believe Jesus knew the day that he had to die. He knew that his father had ordered him to be in Jerusalem at a certain time. It was important for some reason in the plan of God that Jesus would die on a certain day. He, whatever reason, in God's order, he had to get there. There was a certain day he was going to rise, three days. There's a certain day, too, he's coming back. There's a certain day he's coming back. And where are we in the tension of that moment? You understand? There's a moment, there's a process that God has appointed sometimes, and Paul is saying, church... The moment is at hand that Jesus is bringing a fullness. And when look at in Mark 115, you know what Jesus came on preaching when he began to preach? He said, the time is fulfilled. Repent and believe in the gospel of the kingdom. He was saying the Kairos moment is fulfilled. The most opportune moment for men to be saved is now. That's what he was saying. The most opportune moment for you to receive the grace of God and get into heaven freely, have your sins washed away, is right now. And that's what Paul says. Today is the day of salvation. Today is the most opportune moment in the history of time to get into heaven free. There's, there's an expiration date on your get into heaven coupon. I mean, there, there, there is a moment that when... Uh, we went to, uh, uh, got a, we already went to the dentist the other day, and uh, they gave us a, a Chick-fil-A ice cream cone card. Yeah. Well, I went to Chick-fil-A 
Uh, and I, I just went up to their window to, you know, get, get the free ice cream cone because she went to the dentist. And uh, on the back of it says, expires 2016. Uh-huh. And I'm thinking, uh-huh. I don't know if they're going to take this or not. <laughs> Two years expired, right? Uh, but that's the way it is. There's an expiration date on you and me getting into heaven. And this is the most opportune moment right here. Okay? And so Jesus says the time is fulfilled. He knew the hours is coming. He knows this is a whole new day in salvation history, that today is the day of salvation, that most opportune time. But yet Jesus comes to a place and comes to a people that they don't understand. Jesus even says in Luke 12 and 19, he says, you can understand the Scriptures, you can understand the weather patterns, but you don't know the time in which you live. He even comes to Jerusalem and weeps on them. He says they did not understand the time of their visitation. Are you seeing a connection here? A story weaved through Scripture that Jesus is trying to get us to understand this is something special. This is something unique that you and I live in a different time than even they have lived in before. This is the best time to be alive is right now. In the history of the world, the best time to be alive is since the coming of Jesus Christ. We are blessed. We're blessed. And so he says they didn't get it. They didn't understand the times that they lived. There's only little time left, and it's going to be filled with tribulation and trial and difficult times were come. So he had the appointed time. And he know, we know that there is an eternal time coming. He, Paul writes in Thessalonians, uh, first, uh, first Thessalonians 5, he says, Now the times and epochs, the ages, the eternal times. He says, I've got no need to write anything to be written to you. But he says, You yourself know full well that the day of the Lord will come just as a thief in the night. He's saying, You don't know. You don't know when things are about to be released, when that arrow is pulled back. You don't know when the moment's going to come. It's going to surprise you. It's going to go off like a gun. It's going to come like a thief from the night. But you need to be ready. There is a time coming when eternity begins and all this stuff ends, and we need to be ready. And so Jesus is coming at the most opportune time. Paul says the time is at hand. Creation is groaning. All things are about to be redeemed. One day he's going to appear at the proper time as King of Kings, Lord of Lords. And the Bible says in 1 Timothy 1.17, he's going to come as King of the Ages, King of all time. He's going to show up one day at that most opportune time for his church to be redeemed, and time's going to cease. Every true saint of God, Daniel said, is going to receive an everlasting kingdom for ages and ages to come there's just like jesus had a most opportune time to show up the church right now is in a process that god is saying i'm expanding my kingdom i'm pulling back the arrow i'm i'm getting things ready in order and you don't know when the arrow is about to be released you don't know when that appointed time is coming just like uh uh Beth being in labor and having that baby we knew that something was happening we knew that life had begun that there was new life in her, she could sense that life. And the Bible talks about us discerning the time. So there's the appointed time, there's the eternal time that's coming, and then there's the discerning of the time. How do we discern the time? Like I said, Beth was pregnant, belly gets bigger, we sense the heartbeat, she can feel the moving of the baby inside of her. We know life is alive, but we don't have the baby yet. It's not yet. There's an appointed time that baby's going to come, but I can sense and we can sense new life already. Now think about this, salvation-wise. The Bible says in John 3 that we are born again, that we get a new life inside of us. The Bible says the Holy Spirit comes inside of us, and we get a born-again living experience. 
We have something living inside of us that was not there before. We can sense new life. And the Bible really explains this as a foretaste of eternity. It's like that woman having that baby in her belly. She senses the new life. But guess what? That's not here yet. There is life there. We believe in in life at conception, right? And we believe there's life there. There's the movements. There's the pains. And the Bible says we have pains. We still have this fleshly body. I got a Holy Spirit inside of me. I still got the old man trying to come back. I still got the pains of life. I still deal with pain and sickness and sorrow and death and depression. But I got new life on the inside too. I got something... Something's a living, something's different. And every day I'm struggling to go through this growing process, this stretching process. But there's going to come a moment of release when this old man passes away and Jesus comes with a shout and the archangel. And I'm going to go up, I'm going to get a new body. And that old man's going to go away and I'm going to have real life, new life, eternal life. Amen? Amen. And so my, my newness will be fulfilled. And so this is what you and I are at right now. Jesus had come at the appointed time, and he's coming back again at the appointed time. And in the meantime, (laughs) in the meantime, we have a foretaste of that eternal time. Right now, your new life, your eternal life began at the moment of salvation, and you can sense it. We, we have that groaning and waiting, but we struggle. We say, God, I know I'm in the Holy Spirit. I know there's something alive in me, and I hate this process, but it's all about the joy that we hold steadfast and know there is a time coming. That baby's going to be born. I'm going to see Jesus face to face. It's going to come in the blink of an eye, and the moment is going to be fulfilled. The trump of God's going to sound. Dead in Christ will rise. Amen? You have a foretaste of eternity. Now let me wrap it up with this. What do you do until that time? When we had the the baby, uh, you know, we were waiting on that baby to come and it was late. Uh, She was late. We we, we went on a fuller ride with Wayne and Stacy, hoping that would speed up the process. There's some things you try to do. Go on a walk, eat spicy foods, blah, 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 you know, to try to get that baby to come. And sometimes we're that way Christian-wise. Lord, just please hurry up. Jesus, come. I, I, you know, bad day at work. I really need Jesus to come today. Ari asked me last night when we were putting her to bed, and, and she, she said, when are we going to die? I'm ready to go to heaven. <laughs> and he's four years old. You know, I'm like, well, you can wait just a little, a little while. I said, but he might surprise us. We don't know. He could come up any time. You just need to, we're just going to be ready. Uh, and she's like, man, I wish he'd hurry up. And I was like, me too, you know. Uh, so, you know, from the mouth of babes, right? What do you do in the meantime? What do you do until that time? The disciples asked this question to Jesus in Acts chapter 1. They say, well, Jesus, when's he coming back? When are you going to come back? When are all these times going to be fulfilled? When is that Kairos opportune moment going to come? When is the appointed time? And what does Jesus say? He says, it's not for you to know the times and seasons or the epochs, the eternal times of the Father. But here's what I'm going to tell you. But you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you, and you'll be my witnesses of my coming, my return, from this little area where you're from to the middle area and to the ends of the earth. You, I was amazed at looking at that and saying, they are asking about time. And his response was, be filled with the Holy Spirit. How do you do, what do you do in due time? 
What do you do waiting for that opportune moment? He says the answer is receive the fullness and power of the Holy Spirit because that's going to get you to that time. You need that power to get you to that appointed time to help you and, and, and that life within you to be fulfilled. And so he says in Acts 2, it shall be in the last days God's going to pour out his spirit on all mankind. Sons and daughters will prophesy. Young men seen visions. Old men seen dreams. It's not for no. We don't know the times and seasons, but he's saying what I'm telling you about your question, I'm really not answering it maybe what you want me to answer, but I'm telling you the answer you need to know is you're wondering about the times. You're wondering when he's coming back, but he's saying, I'm not going to tell you that. I just want you to be filled with the Spirit. And he says, repent. You can have your sins washed away. Peter says you can have times of refreshing can come from the presence of the Lord. Ephesians, same questions asked again. Ephesians 5.15. He says, I'm just going to tell you, be careful how you walk. Don't be unwise, but wise. Make the most of your time. Make the most of your time, Ephesians 5, 16, because the days are evil. And he says, don't be foolish. Know what God's will is in this time. Don't be drunk and lose the time. That's dispensation. He says, what? Be continuously filled with the Holy Spirit. Know and discern the time you live in. And this is the time of the Holy Spirit. We live in the church age. It is the time of for the outpouring of the Holy Spirit. The day in which you and I have been chosen to be a part of, thank the Lord, is not the time of the law. It's not the time of the wilderness experience. We live in the time of refreshing. We live in the time of expectation where we can sense that that baby that at the end, we are the nine-month mark where we can sense the fullness of life is about to become, eternity is about to be ushered in. We sense the moving, get with me, the moving of the Holy Spirit, the labor pains of the earth are groaning, things are shaking, things are about to happen because the Kairos moment is about to just show up. You live at the peak, the peak of revival that new life is about to become. You live in the revival moment of salvation history. It is a now, but it's also a not yet. It is a time of tension. When the tension of that bow and arrow is at its peak, and it's like that tension is shaking because God's been holding that bow and arrow for so long, He's just ready to let it go. We are living in the best time in the history of mankind. Amen? So what do you do with this until now? Recognize this. Here's number one. Recognize the shortness of our time. Number two, seek the Lord while there is still time and he may be found. Number three, make the most of the time you have. Peter says that our time must be to live for the will of the Lord. Psalm says, bless the Lord at all times. His praise shall be continually in my mouth. So I recognize the shortness of the time. Number one, I seek God while there is still time. And Paul says on that one, he says, hold on, because in due time, you're going to reach a, reap a harvest. So I re- recognize the shortness. Number one, I seek God while there's still time. Number two, I make the most of the time living for the Lord. And number three, or sorry, number four, I look forward to a future time. And until that time, I'm waiting on the Lord. I'm waiting on the Lord. I'm God, I'm just waiting 
until the fullness of time is complete. I'm waiting until the most opportune time that you're going to show up, God. And until that time, I'm going to be filled with the Holy Spirit. I'm going to be seeking the Lord. I'm going to be rejoicing in all things, Lord, knowing that that time, that baby is about to come. Things are about to change. Things are about to happen. I'm going to live with excitement. I'm going to live with joy. I'm going to live preparation. Don't you know that when nine months came, that baby's bedroom was already done and made and everything was already bought and prepared. And when that baby was ready to come home, it had a full room with diapers and changing table and all that. You better believe that you and me better be getting our eternal time ready. We better be getting prepared because in any moment that baby's going to come and we're going to be having to have everything prepared for our eternal home up in glory. We want to get everything ready, being full of the Holy Spirit, excited for the day in which we live. And it's not just a normal day. It's not just another time that we're just another group of people in 2018 living in Gina, Louisiana. No, we are the church that might see the return of Jesus Christ. We are the church that has been given the baptism, the fullness of the Holy Spirit, with signs and wonders to follow. No one in history has received what we have received in our time. We got it all. It's about to happen. Amen? Would you stand with us tonight? Last words in Revelation chapter 22, verse 10, is the time is near. The time is near. I'm going to worship team to come. The time is near. The time is near. What are we doing with the time? Maybe here tonight you have going through some things that you don't know how to deal with, that life is getting tense, things are being bumpy along the road, you're getting lost, maybe you're getting depressed, you're just getting worn out, maybe you're just fizzing out and, and, and Christianity is not that exciting for you anymore and it's just kind of going through the routine. Maybe we're just going to intercede for those kind of things. Uh, there are people that are going through those situations in our church or our family or our friends. But one thing we want to know is that Jesus said, it's not for you to know the times and seasons, but I want you to be filled with the Holy Spirit and power. I want you to have the baptism of the Spirit. I want you to be full of the Holy Spirit. I want you to understand the time which you live. And know, hey guys, He's coming. Amen. He is coming. Amen. And so let's just pray tonight. Let's just ask the Lord to fill us with the Holy Spirit. Let us just discern the times. Let's, let's get excited about the new life that's within us. Lord, we just ask you to come in this place tonight. Put a zealousness in us. Put an excitement in us, God. Put a newness of life in us. Let us sense the Holy Spirit churning in our hearts, God.